today on Red Dead Radio. What's good? Hi, friends. Welcome to Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption podcast. I'm your host, Jared Petty. And as always, we're going straight to the wild, wild guest. We're going straight to the wild, wild guest. We're going straight to the wild, wild guest. Yeah! Who are you? I'm Andrea Renee from What's Good Games. What's Good Games, you say? Yes, and Mr. Petty, you know we are co-hosts on Kind of Funny Games Daily together as well. Surely not, indeed. <laughs> well, we've only gotten to host together like two or three times. Yeah, it was fun. We switched off those days. And it was, and then afterward, it's like, she's a way better host than I am. <laughs> we should definitely just have Andrea take the pilot seat from here on out. You're really good at, at pretty much everything you do. I saw you doing the, the EA Play this year. You were fantastic. Thank you. What's Good Games is my favorite favorite video game podcast what uh, oh i no, love this stuff you guys, you guys seriously do great. oh absolutely if, when it That's comes to so like long form podcasting you do just such great work really thank love you it. thank you very much yeah. it's been such a amazing ride with uh the team since we've launched last may and to where we are today and we're just so grateful for all the support we've gotten so that's that means a lot to me, Jared. Thank you. Oh, I really enjoy it. I, I feel like my podcast diet is, I, I listen to quite a bit, but I feel like on one end, I, I really enjoy how GameScoop has a kind of a compressed, clubby, almost like late night letter mini atmosphere and everything's done in about 45 minutes. And then you, and then what's good is kind of this, this sprawling deep dive <laughs> into everything going on. I mean, you guys frequently sit in there for what? Three hours sometimes, Yeah, right? it's and true. We've had th- shows a little over three hours. We generally, uh, at a minimum, are like a 90-minute show. Yeah. But right around the two-hour mark. We just get to talking. You, you know? do, but you're good at it. it. It feels like less time. Every time you're finished, I'm like, I had no idea they went that long. It's kind of great, especially for a commute. So you should listen to What's Good Games. Where can people listen to What's Good Games? We are on pretty much every podcast service known to man. If there is one that you listen to that we're not on, Email me or tweet to me, contact at whatsgoodgames.com, and we will get it on there for you. Um, or you can go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash whatsgoodgames. Excellent. And you're just one of the three-headed hydra. Yes. Uh, that, that forms what good games, right? Yes. I don't know how I feel about that analogy, but uh, we like to think of ourselves more of a Voltron. A Voltron. Okay. Yeah. So like if we cut your head off, two Steimers don't grow out or anything like Correct. that. Correct. Okay, I mean, good. I would be down with that because Steimer's great. So Christine Steimer um, is one of the co-hosts and then Brittany Brombacher is the other host. Excellent. And you guys are also on YouTube. As yeah. Well, right? and so what's been great about the YouTube channel is that we've been able to um, use that to do Let's Plays when we want to, to do streams when we want if we have just random videos that we feel like posting, uh, that's there. But the main show every week, of course, is the podcast. Excellent. Today's episode is not brought to you by the bottle of bullet whiskey on the desk. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, should I be covering the labeling? Call me bullet. <laughs> no. Uh, there we are. So, hey, today's episode is also brought to you by Patreon producers Tom Bach, Stuart Ferguson, and Jonathan, whose generous support makes the show possible. They went to reddeadradio.com just like you can and supported this show. It's what I do for a living. I hope that you will if you enjoy what we do here. We're also sponsored today by Neebs Gaming. More on that in a little while. And finally, Red Dead Radio is produced in partnership with U.S. Gamer. Check out all the excellent coverage of Red Dead Redemption 2 and more at usgamer.net. You can follow US Gamer Net, where they do all kinds of neat stuff. Go over there right now and read the article about Cat Bailey turning into a serial killer in Red Dead Redemption 2. U.S. Gamer has a very talented roster of folks over there. They do. I love their articles. They're my favorite written 
form stuff in the industry. Uh, if you're going to go out and just read good writing, I love what US Gamer does there. Also, the, have you heard the Knife Goes In, Knife Goes Out story yet? Uh, no, but Kat, it's Kat. Called, color me intrigued. Yeah, Kat has a very, very special relationship with her knife. Knifey must be fed. That's how she keeps putting it to me. Um, also, coming soon on Red Dead Radio. Yeah, we're going to have some more storytelling, so keep sending us your Red Dead Redemption stories to mail at reddeadradio.com. Also, getting ready for that online beta. More on that soon. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. And, of course, the Red Dead Redemption spoiler cast still coming, as is the rest of the review. But... That's a long intro. Let's get into the topics. You ready for this, Andrew Renee? I'm born ready. Topic number one, Andrew Renee and Red Dead Redemption. This is the first time we've ever really gotten to sit down and talk about this. I don't know a great deal about your background with Red Dead. Uh, I know that you're one of the more knowledgeable people in the gameiverse, the gamosphere, the podcast cinematic <laughs> universe. So where do you fall on the original Red Dead? I played about 10 to 15 hours of the original Red Dead, so barely scratching the surface. Um, It was happening at a time in my video game career where I was frantically trying to catch up on a lot of franchises that I had gap years in, so to speak. Um, It was back when I was working full-time as a video game producer, and I just was in the process of educating myself. So while I enjoyed the time that I did have, I didn't get sucked in enough to play to 100% completion like my co-host Christine Steimer did. Okay, so she, she played all the way through, did absolutely everything. Everything, yeah. Yeah, she was with us at PAX on the PAX panel along with Brett, but, but you were doing something else that day. I can't remember I what. was hosting three panels that day. Oh my, what you a know, day. It was a, very busy, it was a very busy day. We were talking Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Just Cause 4... And I was also on a Greg's Kind of Funny panel. And yet here at Red Dead Redemption 2, I know from our discussion before the show, you played a lot of that. Yes. So I was super excited about this because, as I mentioned, I kind of missed the boat Mm -hmm. on the first Red Dead. And I have long been a fan of the work that Rockstar does, but the GTA franchise, obviously their flagship, was never something that I really connected with. Mm-hmm. I played so many hours of Grand Theft Auto Vice City back back in the day, but that was like the last GTA that I actually enjoyed. Um, despite me being able to recognize the amazing technical work that they did with GTA V, and clearly 85 million copies sold is a testament to how popular that game is. It just didn't resonate with me as a gamer. What, did, what was the disconnect from Vice City to the later GTAs for you? What changed? I think... I just had a soft spot for all of the 80s nostalgia that was happening in Vice City. Um, And I was in college when that game was, when I was playing that game. I don't think, I think it released, I think that's when it was released. I don't remember, but um, probably dating myself a little bit. But I just really enjoyed it because it felt so immersive. And GTA is clearly known for that. But I think at the time, being so young, I the kind of gravity of what I was doing in the game didn't register with me. Right? Like the idea that you are a criminal and the whole point of the game is just to commit crimes. Yeah. Like that's literally what it's Grand Theft Auto. Serve yourself and hurt people. Right. And that, and as I got older and started to have, having more life experiences and started seeing more of like the humanity and like the weight and gravity that life brings. Yeah. I, my opinion of wanting to spend time uh, gleefully hurting people and committing crime in this fantasy world changed. It okay. shifted. Now, that being said, 
obviously I love shooter games. Mm-hmm. I love playing games like Destiny where I'm shooting aliens all the time. Um, I, I enjoy games like Assassin's Creed where you're also stabbing lots of people. Yeah. So like, it's not an issue just of violence at large, right? It's not general video game violence. Correct. I'm so not what one, is it, you think? You know, I'm not quite sure. I, I think there's just something about the way that Rockstar handled the violence in Grand Theft Auto that gave it more of like a gravitas, more of a weighty feeling mm-hmm. than I was anticipating. It didn't have that super fantasy effect, which is kind of crazy for me to say out loud because there's so many goofs in that game, right? Yeah. It's just like there's so many opportunities for like weird, wacky stuff to happen. Yeah, the ways you get killed in Grand Theft Auto are often like being thrown 73 through the air by a Camaro right. while colliding with a chicken and yeah. then that has dynamite strapped to it, you know, and that's how you died. And those are the stories you get out of it. Yeah. But you still felt that gravity and it didn't draw you in. So were you enthusiastic about Red Dead Redemption 2 because you thought it might be something different and, and that you'd missed the ball in the first one? And now, I... I openly admit that when this announcement first happened, it was like the height of Westworld fever. Okay. And I was a little disappointed that in this amazing lineup of protagonists, there was no Dolores character. Okay. Right? And obviously now we have Sadie Adler, who is awesome. But yeah. we didn't know anything about her like in any of the marketing material. Even today, when the game's out, you don't people aren't talking about her. Yeah, they, they were really quiet about yeah. the marketing around Sadie. I remember uh, when the Red Dead Redemption original tr- teaser came out, I was still working at IGN, and I did a trailer breakdown, and I spotted Sadie's blouse. Um, I, I, I looked into 19th century clothing and realized you that that kind research. of sleeve would not have been on a man's clo- uh, outfit, and that that was almost certainly a female gunfighter. And I remember it, like doing the little red you know, arrow thing that you do on YouTube with that and all that. But... You're right. They haven't told us very much about. They don't tell us anything about any of the characters outside of Arthur, really, until the game launch. I mean, they show what they give us. Well, we one, know about Dutch, but like that's because he was in the last game, right? But all the new characters, they've been really reticent about because we're filling in the gaps for ourselves. Anyway, talk more about that. I interrupted you, really. Oh no, that's okay. So, I mean, the the whole idea for me was. This looks cool. I love westerns. I love the idea of revisiting this world that I didn't get to spend very much time in. But dang, in a world where we're seeing so many devs put a focus on representation, I would have loved to see a female prominently displayed. But fast forward to today, Mm -hmm. and I'm happy that they did such a great job knowing that they could have easily relied on this stereotypical view of what the West looked like or what a Western game looked like back then. Instead, they didn't. They said, we're going to put a Native American in the crew. We're going to put, you know, a Mexican-American in the crew. We're going to put multiple women in the crew. We're going to put multiple people of color, both men and women, in the crew, whether they be black Americans, African Americans. Um, I don't know the term we're supposed to use now. Just fully saying that. Um, But, like, the idea that this cast is so diverse is something that I think Rockstar should be commended for because they easily could have relied on a not diverse cast and been like, well, it was America in turn of the century, turn of the 19th century, like we, or excuse me, turn of the 20th century, like we could have 19th century? I always get those backwards. Well, the 19th century leading into the 20th. It was 1899. So it would have been easy for them to do it, but they didn't. And I'm really happy that they didn't. And I'm really happy they start to tackle some of those issues. Mm -hmm even though they didn't quite go as far as they probably should have. Oh, uh, what do you mean by that? Um, so I've been doing a lot of reading because I am still kind of 
figuring out how I feel about this game overall. Like when I first tweeted about it, when the review embargo lifted, I said I was conflicted. Mm -hmm. I'm conflicted because there's a ton about this game that I love. Okay. But there's also a bunch about this game that I'm like, this really bothers me. And I don't know how to reconcile what bothers me about the game to what I love about this game. Well, let's start with the parts that that you have difficulty reconciling and how that relates to the issue that you were speaking about there with the characters and how they could have done more. So... One of an example is there is a moment where you meet two Native American characters that are in the process of trying to reclaim some land that was taken from them, and you, you um, as Arthur, are sent in to help get something for them. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say about the mission to make sure I'm not spoiling anything. Okay. Um, and so there's a moment when Arthur is talking with this Native American chief, and that he's trying to have a moment of connection. To be like, oh, yeah, both of us have kind of lost our way now. We're both outcasts now. And and in the moment, like, the chief kind of responds to him like, a, yeah, man, sucks, doesn't it? I mean, I'm paraphrasing a lot here um, to keep it very high level. But essentially, what I took from that is, like, how incredibly reductive to kind of even attempt to compare what happened to the Native American population of North America to with... Uh, a, a white man being an outlaw being like oh yeah they're taking away my my ability to just go like pillage at leisure and being do able you, to commit crimes do you think that that reductiveness was maybe going through the chief's mind at the same moment I mean I mean it's possible but they didn't they didn't explain it at all not mm-hmm. even like with like a even if they had given him like a little bit of side eye mm-hmm. right like if they had made the chief look at him sideways or say something under his breath or somehow acknowledge that what Arthur was saying is like complete horseshit. Mm-hmm. And like this idea that Arthur's way of life is being taken away because civilization is coming in, comparing it to like a mass genocide mm-hmm. of a whole race of people is just kind of bonkers. Do you think that that's an issue of the writers trusting you to have that reaction? You know, that's a great question. And it's tough because clearly this writing staff has to. Um, reconcile that they are trying to appeal to people of multiple generations, multiple backgrounds and ethnicities across the world, Uh right? So people love Rockstar Games globally. Anybody outside of North America probably doesn't have any kind of inkling or feelings or emotion at all about this the way that I did, Uh right? Because there's a whole section of American history that we as Americans need to reconcile, mm-hmm. right? Like we need to come to terms with the fact that what we were taught growing up in grade school about how great America was and how we were founded, <laughs> there's a giant fucking gap there, right? Of yeah. like the atrocities that were committed to the people who lived here before us. You grew up in North Dakota. Where'd that come from? I mean, right? Yeah. And like it was crazy because I grew up knowing people who lived on reservations. Mm-hmm. And Native American reservations are prevalent throughout the state of North Dakota. I mean, home of the Lewis and Clark Trail and Theodore Roosevelt National Park, right? That's part of my state's home history. Mm-hmm. But there's so much of it that you as a, especially as a kid, you're not equipped to you're not equipped to mentally reconcile. So I, I so on one hand I'm like maybe like elementary school, no, but by high school we should if we're talking about World War Two and the atrocities that happened there, we should be talking about the atrocities that happened when this country was founded, right? Yeah, I, I think that I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole. No, I, I think it's important. This is a historical game. It's a game yeah. about history. It's a game that does not shy away 
from throwing these issues in front of you. You encounter right. the reservation. You encounter the treatment of Lenny when, when you're in Lemoyne. You encounter, you know, there, there's a lot of things like that right. that are happening in front of you. And I really, really appreciate the fact that they were willing to get into some of that stuff um, because far too often we simply don't. There's an article right now uh, on, I mentioned we're partnered with Use Gamer, and I wouldn't put a plug here normally, but it's just so blindingly appropriate. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, Mike wrote an article over on US Gamer about how Arthur Morgan is the wokest cowboy. Um, yeah, have you, have yeah. you read it yet? I uh, haven't read okay. it yet, but like I love that he used that because I was talking to my husband about this as well, and he's like, this game feels so woke for what it could be. And I want to say... Conversely, to how I think that they maybe bumbled the handling of that scene when they could have maybe taken the time to say something more poignant, I think they really nailed what they've been doing with Sadie. Because I remember the scene where you first have your side mission with her and um, you come across, and this might be like mild spoilers, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty early in the game, where she's at camp with um, Pearson, the butcher, And they're like kind of going, spatting back and forth about how he says, you know, you're new to this camp. You have to pull your weight. And she is complaining very loudly that she doesn't want to cook. She's like, I'm not going to be in the kitchen. And then she has this whole interaction with Arthur where Arthur's like, hey, everyone's just got to do something around here. You know, like we all pitch in. She's like, I'm happy to pitch in, but when my husband was alive, you know, we had we, we shared responsibilities, which you know? was extremely common on the frontier, right? Uh, which is the way a lot of people had to live. If you didn't all work, you just starved and died, right? Yeah. And so there's a really great moment where she asserts herself as a woman to say, I have more skills than just being the camp cook. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. And then it goes on and they develop that storyline even further in a really fun way. Um, and she becomes so important to the gang further down the storyline that I'll let, leave you guys to discover. But She's a vital um, element of what ends up happening. Yeah. yeah. And, what, and I really love how they took the opportunity to say, you know, the women in this game are not just going to be lovers of the protagonists in this game. They're not just going to be, you know, the women that keep the camp and do the laundry. We're going to put a woman in this gang that asserts herself and makes sure to know that she's going to challenge the stereotypes of what female leadership can look like in mm. the West. These are these are all spectacular points, and I think they speak to the scope and gravity of this. Western history is a hobby. Uh, it's something I really enjoy. And reading Western history can be very painful when you realize just how marvelously myopic popular culture was at the time, how, how truly, it is not an overstatement to say that true human marginalization, dehumanization, was the order of the day in 19th century America, as it is in many places here today. And it was so startlingly overt that you just pick up newspapers and read accounts that called for slaughter, genocide, the destruction of, of entire peoples, uh, the eradication of children. These were things that people shared in polite society. Rockstar choosing to engage that reality in their big, beautiful, open-world cowboy game really impressed me. I was happy about it. Yeah, I think they made the right call. And there's obviously still more for me to see. Um, there is little touches of it here and there. Uh, from the you know Chinese that you run into and Santony and to the um, scene that you have with some other members of the gang that relate to their race and their position in society and culture, mm-hmm. 
they've, they've done a good job of handling it, but didn't do it with kid gloves. They were like, you know, we're going to go at some of these. But like I said, I feel like they could have gone even a little bit further. Yeah. What a, so we spent a long time on wokeness there, and yeah. I'm good with that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, have you run into uh, have you run into the clan at so all? So I personally haven't, but when I was watching John play because we were playing side by side, um, which can be hazardous depending on where you're at in the story, um, he ran into the clan and he was like, "Holy!" He's like, "Holy shit!" That, did they put the clan in this game? Mm-hmm. And so you, you, the 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 scene that played out ended up being really hilarious. Um, but they they handled it well. But I haven't that hasn't happened to me yet. It had no. shades of the Jonah Hill Don Johnson sequence in Django Unchained, or the yeah. Oh Brother Where Art Thou clan sequence. If you've ever seen that, um, my father was four years old, um, and my great uncle took him out into the woods of Alabama to a clan rally. Uh, and they had the white sheets in the dark clearing, and they burned the cross. And pretty much what you see in Red Dead is what my dad described being four years old and being taken out there so that his great uncle could take him on the shoulders with his hands and tell him, son, you should be proud. We are the whitest people in the world. And I just, um, I just yeah, can't. That happened in my dad's life, you know? I, I So I see this it's in the game. It's still happening today. Yeah, I know. I see it in That's the game. That's the crazier it, part. <laughs> I'm just glad they didn't shy away from it. Uh, and they yeah. found some pretty interesting ways to engage it. I'm happy about that. What else you like about the game? Um, there's so much I like. So the thing I think that everybody keeps parroting, and absolutely they should, is how gorgeous is this game? And we've seen beautiful video games. Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, you know, Forza. Um, a variety of other games that I could could name have really done amazing animation achievement. However, there's I, yet to be, and I think it's easy to definitively, definitively say this is the most beautiful, technical, graphical, heavy, open world game ever created. Mm-hmm. I think Rockstar clearly takes that medal of, of making the best looking open world game ever yeah uh from the draw distance to the blades of grass to the animations up close and far away the snow melt glistening off a rock the sheen on the water like everything about this game is just beautiful to look at and so i'm playing on a ps4 pro on a 4k tv Mm. uh with hdr on but As you have said, and other guests I'm sure have said, you don't need that in order for this game to look gorgeous. Yeah, I'm playing on a stock PlayStation on an ordinary HDTV, and it looks great. Yeah. It's just beautiful. And so it's it's really something to behold, and they are to be commended for that in and of itself. It's mm-hmm. um, And that obviously leads to the immersion of the game and the sound design. I was talking to the girls on, on What's Good about how there's just something so satisfying about getting in and out of the saddle on your horse because it feels real. It mm-hmm. feels like you're grabbing it and, and gripping the leather and pulling yourself up because of the way they did the sound design and the lighting effects and the horses just look so magnificent in this game. I do love how the horses look. <laughs> the, yeah. the sheen on their coats, the way their muscles are, the way they've styled like down to the manes, even though I do like how you can like make your horse's mane pink. Um, but like... It's just so immersive in that way, and so few games are able to truly capture that because there's always uncanny valley somewhere. Yeah. But that being said, I did post a gameplay clip last night where I had the most hilarious glitch that happened to me. Ooh, what happened? What happened? Um, so I have been frequently getting this um, follow horse glitch where the horse starts strafing. 
Oh. Um, and so yesterday I was trying to hitch my horse to a post. Like we all know, hitching your horse in Red Dead works about 50% of the time. Yeah. Um, and my horse just decided to like sideways move and then got caught in this in this thing on the street. And it just was like galloping in the same spot. So I whistled for it thinking maybe that'll like break whatever bug it's in so it'll come towards me. No, it didn't work. So I stood there and then I walked towards it. I was like, maybe if I get on it and try to like ride it out, it'll it'll break it out of this bug. Um, and so there's a woman, of course, riding next to me. And if you've been to Saint Denis at all yet, you know that the pedestrians in Saint Denis hate it when you ride your horse. Right. They it's like the first time I went to to this city, I accidentally discovered it because I was riding a train. Yeah. I was just like on a train, like hanging out, like riding around the world, and then I got off in this new city. And I just picked up a random horse and I accidentally sideswiped somebody because that happens sometimes. Yeah, in crowded streets full of people riding um, a large animal. And then there was a witness and then like 15 dudes were after me and I was wanted and I was like, oh my gosh, it was an accident. Can I just say I'm sorry and give you some money? No, that's not how it works. Um, but this time, so I got on my horse and a woman starts to walk by and I'm like, oh no, my horse is going to come out of this glitch and hit this woman. I yeah. know it. And sure enough, but like the way it happens is I'm like moving sideways and then my horse like dings into the other side of the world and then comes back. It was, it's a really funny glitch. If you want to watch it, uh, the video is on my uh, Twitter at Andrea Renee. At Andrea Renee? Yeah. Okay, I need to watch this. That yeah. sounds spectacular. I, I like good glitches. I, I, I found the game to be, for the amount of complexity involved, remarkably glitch light. Um, yeah. Have you had a lot of glitches? Um, I've had a substantial amount, but nothing that seems overly excessive for an open world game. Yeah. Because I think as people who play a lot of video games for our job, you know, you kind of get a, a sense of not like leniency, but almost yeah. because you know the com technical complexity in open world game creation that you're like, listen, there is no open world game in all of existence I thought of one, just as I said that, that has no bugs. Uh, the only game that I could maybe think of, and I'm sure one of you out there has had a bug, is uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I mean, because Nintendo's level of polish is crazy. But I would say, look at the art style of that game. Maybe that's why there's no bugs. Yeah, they took forever, much like Rockstar did. And there right. is, while it's an enormously complex game, there is less going on. Right. There is in, in Grand Theft Auto. Um, although, I, or Grand Theft Auto, pardon me, Red Dead Redemption. But I, I do think that's a good point to make. Uh, just on a sidebar, I'm going to go on a rant for a moment. Do it. Nintendo does not get enough credit for the software engineering skill of that company. Being able to create games like Mario Kart or Breath of the Wild that are that beautiful, that smooth, that glitch-free on markedly inferior hardware is the incredible. The best polish of any developer on planet Earth. Yeah. But for sure. Rockstar, amazing. And, yeah, uh, no, I mean, especially considering just how many art assets they're loading into all of these worlds and how minimal the loading screens are. Obviously, they exist in a variety of places you can see them. But overall, it's really, really fantastic, particularly the transitions in and out of cinematic mode and in and out of cutscenes into gameplay are just really spectacularly done. So you like the beauty. Um, what's your favorite thing about the game? Um, my favorite thing about the game is the relationship building. So rarely in games that require you to like have a crew or a gang of buddies or whoever, do you truly become emotionally attached. I can only think of a small handful of games, and almost all of them are Bioware games, okay. where you become so emotionally invested in the people 
that are in your kind of inner circle of, of the protagonist in the game, right? And early on, you don't know anything about these people. I had no concept of who Dutch was because I spent so little time in, right. the, in oh, Red they, Dead. He's not even mentioned in the original Red Dead till like right. halfway through the game. Yeah. And, and then I didn't know any of these other characters, but you quickly become friendly and then friends and then more than friends. Like they're almost like your siblings in a sense. Mm-hmm. And there's a camaraderie there that's not easy to build narratively. Like that kind of writing work, a narrative work is really difficult to nail. And I think that this is easily one of the best narratives in any video game I've ever played. Wow. It's like really, really well done. It's interesting to see kind of Rockstar moving into the role, because this is not what I would have predicted before Red Dead came together. Uh, I thought they'd build a story-driven game, but I don't think I'd have predicted that this year, God of War, Assassin's Creed, and Red Dead would be the heirs apparent to Bioware-style storytelling. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's really interesting, and that's kind of where we've we've ended up. A sidebar for a moment here. Speaking of people being like siblings in your gang, just just out of curiosity, if you, Britt, and Steimer lived in a camp and robbed people for a living, just what would that look like? <laughs> If what's good games were were a, were a gang, what what would that even be? Oh my gosh, that's such an interesting idea. Um, Britt would probably be like the reverend of our group, just the crazy drunk with in a the Bible corner. full of heroin. <laughs> um, You've opened she, his Bible, right? Yes. Yeah. He's like. Um, I think um, Steimer would probably be more like uh, more like Bill, um, <laughs> maybe like. I would say she might be more... No, That's I, so mean. I want to say she'd be more like Micah, but she wouldn't be as mean as Micah is. Well, she's pretty She's pretty salty. But Bill's the big dumb guy. But Cyber's not dumb. Right. That's why I'm like, wait. Maybe she would be more like... Um, what's her face? Uh, I'm totally cutting that out before you say Steimer's not Bill <laughs> and turning it into uh, a... Uh, Breakout piece. I'm sure. I'm sure you. I'm sure That's you are. That's absolutely happening. I'd probably be like Mrs. Grimshaw. I mean, I would want to say that I'm like Dutch. <laughs> like I'm like the leader of this motley crew. Um, but Dutch is pretty cold blooded. Even though there was one moment in the story where something happens, I'm gonna leave it completely um, unsaid to not yeah. spoil it. But um, where something like kind of sinister happens. Yeah. But I was like. That's what I would have done. And John turned to me and he was like, You're, when did you get so cold-blooded? I go, that was the right thing to do. And he was like, well, I guess I can't fault you there. And you see moments where Dutch really does care about things. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't lose the bombast. You're like, this right. man is obviously a sociopath. Yeah. But he has Clearly. some feelings, too. Like, yeah. when there's an incident that occurs in the game where somebody innocent is in true danger, and you suddenly see him, like, like, like mount up. I like, like to think of him as more pragmatic than he gets credit for. Yeah. And I am an incredibly pragmatic person. And sometimes what that means is when you make the pragmatic call, it's not the right emotional call or like the nice thing to do, but it's the correct thing to do. So you're a sociopath. Uh, I mean, I guess if you want to call me one. All right. You're, uh, your cup is empty. So All right. May excellent. I. There we go. Kompai, thank you very much. Of course. We're pouring in fingers as they do in the Old West. That's right. Getting done there. You topping off or you good? Um, you know, why not? Why 
not Indeed. jumping out there. Angie's going to get home. We're just going to be asleep in the living room. It's going to be wasted. Yeah. No, we're going to start playing poker. By the way, one of my favorite things to do in the game. I'm normally somebody who does not deign to waste my time with mini games. Ah. There's too many games to play. I don't need to go fishing. But I have a soft spot for cards. So yeah. 21 and poker in this game. You play poker. It. I didn't know you were a poker player. Oh, yeah. I started playing poker when I was a kid. My dad used to do regular poker nights, so I learned young. Okay, well, we've got enough now, then. We've had Red Dead Redemption guests, <laughs> and every week I ask, do you play poker? And we've got several people that like to play cards. So Are we going to do a to Red do... Dead poker night? Yes, I want to do a live Yay! stream to, like, like, poker night. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I'm in. All right, you're in? Yeah, I'm in. Yay! Excellent. All right, so you play, spend a lot of time playing cards. So do I. Yeah. Uh, do you play in camp? Do you play in town? Do you play everywhere? A little bit of both. I like playing in town better because, let's face it, you can't really bet anything in camp. Yeah. You're you're betting like 10 cents at the most. Right. So I like the more high stakes games where I can throw in, you know, like $5 a hand or whatever. Yeah. Bear Pond in camp, I do the conversations. Like, that's where I sit down yeah. if I want to talk with Bill or Tilly or find out different... Although Tilly's going to play dominoes with me most of the time. So. Yeah, and I enjoy playing dominoes, but I would prefer to play cards no, if we're going to play. They have an excellent... I, once online happens, I'm doomed. Because it's just going to be me oh, buying shark cards. I didn't cards even think about playing. the poker and, like... That's going to be real life gambling. Yeah, that's going to be all I do. Like actual gambling. Yeah, all I'm going to do is play poker. I'm nothing else. I'm going to unlock some poker outfit and that'll be the end. Yeah, that'll be done. And I'm okay with that. So that's a few things we liked about it. Let's get to the actual topic of the show. (laughs) But first, let's hear a word from uh, our sponsor. Our sponsor this week, Neebs Gaming. N-E-E-B-S Gaming. Do you know Neebs Gaming, Andrea? I don't. Please tell me about it. Well, I do know Neebs Gaming. So that, I got contacted by Neebs uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I got really, really excited because I'm a fan of their work. Like, I, I didn't actually expect them out of the blue to contact me. As a matter of fact, long ago when I worked in publishing, I actually uh, originally encountered them through that. And Neebs does this wonderful thing. They take gameplay footage that, uh, that they capture, and specifically now from GTA V, and they use the wonderful... Uh, director tools that they have available in that game and they create hilarious narratives out of that and then very carefully edit it all together and make these really funny machinima type shorts uh like short films oh i love machinimas and and these are really good they're they they understand the power of a goofy voice uh they understand how to how to make things silly they know how to land a good joke they get great footage and they've got an eye for camera work there cannot be said enough about how impressive artistic machinima work is and the amount of man hours that go into crafting a a well-edited machinima. So hats off to them. Wonderfully edited, plus somebody being like, oh no, like that (laughs) the whole time. Anyway, they make great GTA GTA 5 content, but uh, excitingly, they're going to start making Red Dead 2. Just content. all, all yep. horse crashes all the time. All horse crashes all the time. <laughs> so November 11th, they're launching their Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, initiative on their channel. That's youtube.com slash Neebs, N-E-E-B-S Gaming. Neebs Gaming. You can also check like out their noobs, Patreon. but with ease. Yeah, with ease. And really, uh, no no joke, folks. These guys are really funny. Uh, so I hope that you check them out. They've been kind enough to sponsor the show. And it's one of those cases where they're kind of doing me a double favor uh, first because I get paid for the ad, and second, because I'm like, wow, I get to do something with these really cool guys. So that makes me happy. Awesome. Indeed. So that's Neebs Gaming, and I hope you check out their new show. You'll be hearing more from them a little later on. Now, moving on to the main question of the show. Bum, bum, bum. This is going to be a long episode. Okay. 
I think we can blame the whiskey for that one. Yeah, I'll take the blame. Definitely. All right, we'll take the blame for that. Andrea? Yes. Where does Red Dead Redemption 2 fall in the pantheon of Rockstar games? That's going to be our question, our main topic of the show today. Red Dead 2, in comparison to Rockstar's other products. Rockstar's built a reputation, as we talked about earlier, for high-quality work. Uh, Generally speaking, their games are very polished, very engaging, well-written, interesting. Huge open worlds are very typical. You've now played a good portion of Red Dead 2. I played a good portion of it. Neither of us are done. We ought to have that disclosure in there. But if you had to vote today, where would Red Dead 2 fall in that pantheon? Is it the best Rockstar game? I might take a little bit of a cop-out answer and say that remains to be seen. Oh, that is a cop-out answer. I definitely will put it in the top three Rockstar games of all time. Okay. And I do that because it's obvious that the technical achievement itself puts it there. Okay. Um, They've never done anything this ambitious before from a game-making perspective. Mm -hmm. However... We have not seen or played anything of Red Dead Online. And ah. that, I think, is what will be the deciding factor if this is in the, is in the number one or number two slot. Well, let's talk about that top three for you first. What yeah. are the top three Rockstar games in no particular order? Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto 5, and Red Dead Redemption 2. When you say Grand Theft Auto 3, you're talking about Core 3 or yes. one of the spinoffs? Okay. Core. Core 3. Because it came at a time in, in the video game world where they really were pushing the envelope with what an open world game meant. And really saying, hey, we're going to challenge conventional notions of what you can expect from a video game. And Grand Theft Auto had been clearly very popular up until that time. But I think GTA 3 was really like a pivotal moment in that franchise's history where it kind of went into this more stratospheric position and now has since taken off. And whenever there's a Grand Theft Auto launch, it's like the world pauses and takes note, right? Has has there ever been, prior to Twitch, when Twitch changed everything about word of mouth, but prior to Twitch, was there ever a greater word of mouth game than GTA 3? Where people were just like, wow, I Call have to of Duty. Okay, I think, yeah, I mean, so. like, even before Twitch was a thing, Call of Duty was a massive success. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's obviously an argument to be made for FIFA as okay. well as a, as a word of mouth game, mm-hmm. as something that was really fantastic. And I'm thinking more franchise than one specific game. Okay. Um, because I think um, when you think about games, I mean, obviously, if you want to really go back, I mean, m- almost any Mario game, right? Yeah. Word of mouth. And look at the Wii and how the Wii really kind of launched in an era where digital video was just starting. Right. So you had to experience Wii Sports. Even if you watch Wii Sports, it wouldn't have made right. any sense unless you played it. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, you know, there's a, there's a, I could think of probably a lot more examples, but um, it's inter- it's very rare when a game comes along and kind of fund- fundamentally changes game design. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an argument to be made for GTA 3 for that reason. Expound. Well, I mean... Expound. <laughs> I mean, I would rather talk about why I think Red Dead 2 be- belongs in the top. All right, fine. You can deflect. Um, that I'm sounds de- good, I'm, too. I'm, def- I'm deflecting. Back to Mostly the Mostly because I, I, I don't have all of the materials prepared yeah. for to make that, to back up my argument. Well, I, I'll help this, you back it up here. If I was doing my thesis review with you right yeah. now, I would be ready to do my oral defense. But I believe you. I'm uh, not, I'm not, I did not come prepared. Jared. Allow me to assist it. because I happen to agree with you. Okay. Uh, GTA 3, I played GTA 1 and 2. They were both great games. Uh, I played them because they worked well on lands, and I spent a lot of time land gaming at that point, and they were great multiplayer games. Um, they were also irreverent and funny. They were top-down and fun. But GTA 3 was a 
fully conceived open world 3D game precisely at the moment that the technology was ready for that, precisely at the moment that the market was well-trained enough in small 3D worlds with things like Mario 64, Metal Gear Solid, etc. We now understood how to play those games. They've been normalized. Now we had a vast open interactive world that let us do crazy things we'd never been able to do before. We could do them in 3D and we could do them relatively easily and accessibly on a console and they finally gave us something to do on our PlayStation 2s besides watch DVDs. This is exactly what I was going to say. There we go. See? <laughs> those are my those are my arguments for why it was the perfect yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, and you obviously articulated it very very well. Um, but that's why I think that that game deserves to be in Rockstar's top three repertoire of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think GTA Five being in the number one slot is really uncontested. It's okay. a, it's been a global phenomenon, not only just in how many games it's sold, but just how it's so far and wide reached the minds of gamers around the world. Right, you know, there is probably not a person on planet Earth that watches any kind of pop culture at large, whether it be TV, movies, music, what have you, that hasn't heard of Grand Theft Auto as a franchise, right? Yeah. And I think that that says something because very few video game franchises can say that. It's like Pokemon, Mario, and GTA. Yeah. And Call of Duty, right? Yeah. You know, so like, I think that that's something worth recognizing. And what GTA 5 did was really kind of elevate what they started with, with with the Grand Theft Auto formula, and bring it to the masses in a way that had really never been before. And like you said, they once again we're able to utilize this changing of the technology from last generation to this generation going from like Xbox 360 and PS3 into the PS4 and Xbox One era and implementing GTA Online in something that I don't think any of us would have predicted how immensely popular GTA Online would become. I think we all knew it would be a hit. Yeah. But I don't think we thought it would have these legs, right? The fact that several years later, it was 2013 release, it's 2018, people are still playing in droves. And it's still, and GTA V is still landing in the top 10 NPD, which is bananas. Well, they keep supporting it. And it's not lame support. They created a workable framework. You're a Destiny player. Right. You love Destiny 2. I certainly do. But one of the problems Destiny has is getting enough content out regularly. Right. GTA, after launch, has never struggled with that. Right. They get something interesting out, it seems like, every week now. Um, right. And certainly something very significant every month or two. And so there's just always, and they've learned about the, the fun of these micro drops and they run, know how to run a weekend. But they also are like, you know what we need? Hot Wheels cars in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just do it. Yeah, I, I used to report all the time um, back in my game trailers days on their seasonal content. I remember one year for the 4th of July, they had these like wacky guns that would shoot fireworks and these crazy vehicles. Yeah. And I mean, they just did such a spectacular job of supporting that game. The thing that continues to blow my mind is you rarely find GTA 5 on sale anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that game is, as you mentioned, five years old. Yep. I mean, obviously you can find used copies, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking like retail price, brand new, like they're still selling brand new copies. And yeah. like, it's so rare to see that. Most games now are just entering the free-to-play market and hoping that you're just going to be able to support development through microtransactions. So you said your caveat on where this lands, even though it's already in the top three for you, is based on what Red Dead Online ends up being like. Correct. Okay. Because I think as it stands, 
um, the what they have achieved with the open world and the narrative world building of this game is fantastic. We haven't yet got to the things that I think are pain points in the game. Because mm-hmm. unlike some of my colleagues that work in the video games business, I do not think this is a, is a perfect game by any means. I would not even call it a 10 out of 10. <gasps> would not. Get off my plane. Uh, this is true. No, no. It's uh, Mr. Miller uh, who came on the during our review discussion. I think uh, more highly of it than he does. Okay. Yeah. So let's hear your pain points. Um, sure. So one of the things I talked about extensively on What's Good Games and um, our audience there misconstrued my criticisms criticisms of the game as me not enjoying it and not liking it or having to rush through it for the review process and that's not that's not the case um i think that there are some things that rockstar clearly didn't put as much energy and effort into that they could have and that frustrates me okay um the number one thing that is frustrating to me is the fast travel system ah this beautiful big open world is just that beautiful and big. Yeah. And I love riding through it, but sometimes you just need to get a pelt back to camp. You know? Sometimes you get a legendary skin when you're in the between two missions and you don't realize it. And then you're like, this is great. And then you have nowhere to take it because dang it, if all the shops ain't locked and you can't just drop it on the ground. Actually, with a legendary pelt, you can just drop it on the ground. If you drop it and leave it, it'll be banked and you'll find it when you come to the Tinker Dealer. Good to know. But if it's a perfect pelt. And if perfect, you're just screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. Uh, it happened got, to me, speaking of. Happened to me last night. Um, but, um, oh, by the way, I caught a 19-pound sturgeon last night. And oh. I got a trophy for it. So. Do, you ever, do you ever shoot fish? Uh, I mean, you monster. What? No. You can shoot fish. Well, of course you no, can No, I mean, to get them out fish. of the water. Like, you can just, like, instead of fishing, if you get high enough up, you can just shoot them and pull them out of the water you're with your hands. You're a terrible person. It's um, way, way more fun than fishing. It's, I'm sure it's easier. Have you tried throwing a stick of dynamite in there, too? No, actually, I haven't. I bet you that works. Of course it works. Have you but done don't it? do it. No. No? I haven't tried that. That's such a good idea. That works in real life. Yeah, I mean, but like it's known to ruin ecosystems. I mean, but it's a video game. You know the you know the uh, joke about that, right? About the the cop and the guy that goes dynamite fishing. You ever heard that? No. No. Yeah. This uh, this cop suspects a guy's using dynamite out in the sticks to fish, right? Yeah. So. He goes undercover and he pretends to be some guy that just wants to go fishing. And so they kind of make friends at the bait store. And one of the guys like, hey, you want to go fishing with me? Sure. So I got real early in the morning out in the boat and I go way out in the lake, far from everybody. And sure enough, fella reaches under seat, cops watching in disguise. Fella reaches under seat, pulls out a stick of dynamite, lights it, throws that out of the boat. Boom! Fish rise up to the surface. Cop pulls his badge out and says, sir, you under arrest. The other guy lights a stick of dynamite, hands it to the cop, says... You gonna talk or you gonna fish? Wow, that got really dark. Oh well, no! He just the cops throws it over. Then he's complicit too. It's not that he's trying to That's kill. That's self defense, huh? No, come on. But I'm calling bullshit on your joke. I'm. You know what? It's not a great joke. <laughs> anyway, um, back to anyway, uh, back to criticisms. So the fast travel system is frustrating because um, they make you pay with in-game currency. For the fast travel system. Um, we're going to get to... It's, a, it's actually technically okay because there's nothing else to spend your money on. But um, I got frustrated because I was like... I thought I was I did the right thing by upgrading the camp and unlocking yeah. the fast travel. I was like, okay, cool. I got it. But then the idea that there's actually no way to fast travel to camp. That you always have to ride back to yep. camp is incredibly frustrating. Okay. Especially when like you do a story mission, for example... 
And the story mission just drops you in the middle of nowhere when you're done with it. And you're like, okay, cool. I completed the story mission. Now, where am I? You pull up your map and you're like, oh, dang. Mm -hmm. The nearest town is pretty far. And camp is even farther. I guess the, what I could do is if I could go to the town and then take... Uh, or I could fast travel on a wagon to the town... Oh, wait, no, I have to go to this town to take See, a wagon those, from that town to I, that town, I and then I got to ride down yeah. there. Or if it's in the middle of the night and all the wagons are are, are closed for the night because it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, which I like riding at 3 o'clock in the morning, um, then you just have to ride. So did you hear my story on Games Daily about how I took out a timer and timed myself? Uh, no, I haven't heard this. So I was clearly a little frustrated because I was like, listen, the world is beautiful. But sometimes you just got to get from point A to point B and you're not in the mood to explore. Other times that's all you want to do is wander around aimlessly and enjoy yeah. the beauty of it all. I had plenty of moments where I watched the sunrise and the sunset just wandering around the open world and it was lovely. But when you're on a mission, you're on a mission. So I took out my timer. I was like, I'm going to time just how long it takes me to gallop at full speed as much as I could with my horse's stamina, by the way, um, to get back to camp. Yeah. How many minutes do you think it took me? Let's see. Uh, from a fairly distant spot in the world, maybe if you were going straight and you weren't stopping for any of the people that stopped you in the way and you didn't decide to explore something, and seven minutes? Eight minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, so about right, yeah. That's an absurdly long time. Absurdly That's long. That's my favorite thing this game. Yeah, but what I my point my point is, and I and I get that. My point is, I, and I get you too. I way. want the choice to yeah. be able to do that, to be able yeah. to explore. And like my biggest gripe about this game is that it forces you to play the game it wants you to play, yeah. and doesn't give you the opportunity to have it both ways. It's very Last of Us in that regard. And I am okay with them saying, "Hey." We're going to force you to play it the way we want you to up until a certain point of the game. But I'm 60% of the way through the game now. We're talking over 40 hours of play. Yeah. Verging on 50 hours of play. At that point, I should be able to fast travel through the world if I want to. That's also interesting. You have a higher completion percentage than me, but I think I've played more than you. That's another fun thing because I've been wasting my time. I've been it's riding possible. around. And, yeah. No, I will, I've spent hours just wandering around the woods like finding weird stuff and chasing down cultists and looking, yeah. you know, it's, but I get it. I get the complaint. Yeah. It's not what I want from the game. I prefer that I be forced to travel because those trips end up being radically interesting and I end up stumbling. That's how I find, I end up, but, oh, well, look, a, a, one of those weird phrases that unlocks a cheat. Yeah. I would never have found that if I hadn't been forced to, to travel between these And spots. the only open world game that I think has even come close to this, and honestly, like I should say that Red Dead has come close too, because this game, in my mind, is the gold standard yeah. for open world exploration, for just like wandering and finding stuff. Is the Elder Scrolls franchise? Okay. Um, when I was playing Skyrim, I had this same sense of wanderlust. Yeah. This idea that there's that whole area over the map, I don't know what's over there. I don't know if there's a mission over there. If there's dragons over there i don't know but you know what i'm just gonna jump on my horse and i'm gonna go check it out yeah. you know and i think that's what red dead has captured this idea of like there's this whole fog of war on this map and i don't know what's up there but maybe i'll just i'll just get on my horse and go check it out but you don't want them to make you ride back my point is if i go on this exploration and i'm out in the world exploring for like four or five hours and i'm like yeah. okay i think i'm good i think i've, I've i think i've reached my cap 
yeah. of wandering around in the middle of nowhere, finding huts and running into people on the street and hunting animals and all this. And I'm like, okay, I should probably get back to like what's going on in the world. Clearly Dutch and the gang need, need me. Then there's no way for me to get back there. Yeah. That's the problem. Okay. Is I get that, that. You know what I mean? So no, that makes I, sense. I feel like that's not a big ask. I, I get it. I don't want it. But I think that I should make allowance for the fact that many other people do. Yeah. And I, like I've been reading a bunch of the comments on your videos. And I think one of the things that's frustrating for me is like clearly people who are gigantic fans for this game um, always keep bringing up, well, it's meant to be realistic. It's meant to be, you know, like like simulate what it would, would be like. And I'm like, sure, but it's still a video game. Guess what? In the real Wild West, I couldn't drink snake oil and suddenly magically be yeah, able to like no, it's headshot where, everybody. It's where you decide to build your suspension of disbelief. I mean, it's it's the same kind of idea that you get around something like a movie that contains realistic violence. Right. Uh, if, if you take a film, I mean, even to, even a film like Elephant or something, which is you know, which truly just has almost toneless violence to it you do still have suspension of disbelief. It's still a movie. There are still things you're forced to accept, even right. though they try to go hyper-realistic and not sensationalize the violence. The question is where you lay that storytelling linchpin. Right. Uh, and that's that's a very difficult thing to capture. I, I feel like with all they were juggling, they nailed it really well. But I also think there's a lot of room for the criticism you're making to be made. And yet, you're still talking about it being among your top three Rockstar games. Yeah. Absolutely. That's interesting. That's it. How come? Well, I because as somebody who's been working in this business for a really long time, you get to see so many games, and it's it's such a privilege for our industry that we get the opportunity to play so much. And so, because of that, I've seen a lot of really fantastically made games, but I've also seen a ton of really terribly made games. Okay. So, it gives you an appreciation. So, even though, for example, I didn't personally enjoy Grand Theft Auto V, I can still acknowledge the immense amount of work and gravitas and technical prowess that went into building that game. Yeah, right? I, I said this to somebody last night. I... I I can't listen to Radiohead without throwing up in my mouth a little bit, but I understand that they're great. Yeah, um, exactly. It's like there's a <laughs> lot of people out there that hate Destiny, yeah. but it can be like, I get why people like it. Yeah. Then you there's know, me who just hates it, period. Yeah, but. it's true. It's true. It's fine. Um, I think the thing about art in general is that it's subjective, but I think what's not subjective is recognizing you know, what they've done. That being said... Gosh darn it, why did they not fix the clunky shooting in this game? Every Rockstar game has had terrible shooting. That's right, I said it. I saw you guy in the comments from last week saying that <laughs> this game has the best shooting of any game ever made. You're wrong. That's right. So here's my thing. I appreciate that they're like, we're going to have these old-timey guns, or we're going to make you maintenance them with gun oil, and we're going to make them feel real. They, they, a lot of them feel the same. Mm -hmm. And that was disappointing for me. Oh, do they feel the same? Yeah. Okay. They look beautiful. They feel the same when you shoot them. The reticules, obviously, is just the same dot. There's mm -hmm. nothing to differentiate them. Even in, like, the iron sights, this right? This is like, the most Destiny complaint I've ever heard right I here. love shooters. And shooting is, like, the only real combat in this game. Aside, unless you're going to knife everybody to death. But this is not a shooter. I mean, it's not pretending to be a shooter. I know. But, like, if it's going to be the core combat in the game and you're going to include combat in your 
your game. You include combat in the game, but it is not a combat game. I mean, how 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 much of almost, take the amount of time and Jared, what you're doing almost in the mission. every single gameplay encounter involves combat. It absolutely is important. I agree with that. I don't want to make excuses. How for can that, you but not this say is not this is a combat game? Because ninety percent of this game, you're not killing it. Maybe ninety percent of the game, you're not killing anything. Yeah. So maybe you're just spending too much time in the woods by yourself. You haven't gotten to all shootouts yet. <laughs> Most of this game Literally strikes... every gold challenge has, like, you must get 15 headshots. I think this game, and I've argued this... Uh, I was actually talking with Kat about this the other day, but I think... She disagrees, but I think this game is more an RPG than it is a shooter. I, you're wrong. Just saying. It's not an RPG at all. And I saw people were raging in the ba- debates, too. Do you feel like you're playing a role... Do you feel immersed as playing Arthur Morgan? Absolutely. Is this an RPG by video game mechanics? Absolutely not. Well, I mean, what's an RPG by... Five years ago, we wouldn't have called Witcher 3 an RPG. We'd have called it an action RPG. We'd have called it a Zelda-like. But you would have have still said it's an action RPG. You wouldn't have said it's an action game or an action-adventure game. And I think what we have right now is an action RPG. No. There's not that... There's no, like, min-maxing at all. You can't put any skill points into Arthur. Actually, that's not entirely true. There's a lot of customization. I mean, no, it's all cu- done through don't items. Don't confuse customization with progression. Well, no, it's no different than... It, D, okay, so D&D. Now we're getting into the weeds here. Okay, let's do it. But take something like OD&D, okay, for example, okay. which is the, the progenitor of all role-playing games. Sure. R- RPGs, as we define them in video games, are mostly defined by Dungeons & Dragons. That created the archetype. Create a number to, to be a substitute for a stat. And that worked perfectly in video games because they also take numbers to be a substitute for stats. Sure. So it was just a perfect analog, the ancestor of all video games, action games and RPGs, which is why the distinction's never been as clear as we like to pretend it is in games. You take that and you go, okay, I've got six stats. And in D&D, those stats are going to be relatively random. 3d6 roll, you're kind of stuck with what you get, slight advancements, experience levels, oh, I use some very incremental new abilities. Mm-hmm. But most of your advancement in D&D is not around your stats. It's around your gear. Right. It's your gear that customizes you. It's the weapon and how you customize the weapon. It's what weapon you found in this tomb and whether it's plus three or plus two and whether or not it, it's a vorpal and whether or not, etc. Same with armor. Same with rings and cha- uh, cha- or, um, uh, cloaks and totally. wands and etc. None of that exists in this game. That's what talismans are. That's what stirrups are. That's what some of the clothing items are. That's what the gun belts are. That's what the barrel modifications are. That's what the scopes are. That's what the horse changes. That's what this is. And that's Mm -mm. what the stat customization is. It's D&D. I'm not saying those stats don't exist. I'm saying they don't matter. Oh, I disagree. I got slaughtered when I'd ride into an ambush early in the game. Now I breeze them off. I've got more Deadeye, I've got more life, I've got more stamina, I shoot faster, I shoot straighter, as I do somebody, more damage because I'm loaded down with exploding bullets. significantly farther in the story than oh, you are. Oh, you're farther are. in the story than Hold I am. Hold on. Not in the, yeah. Right, but like, hypothetically, the combat encounters, because there's combat in this game, Jared, yeah. uh, get more difficult the farther in the story you get. Sure. Yes. Does your health increase? Of course. Does your stamina increase in your Deadeye? Yes. But there's no choice. In a role-playing game, there's choice as to how you want to spec your stats. You mean like homing tomahawks or exploding bullets? No, meaning maybe I want to put all of my progress points into stamina over health. Or maybe I want to spec 
everything into dead eye because I w- want to use that as my primary instead of I health. can still do that. I'm just doing it with effort and I'm or doing it Final Fantasy II style where whatever I exercise is what gets used more. If I want to increase my stamina, I run around. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm calling bullshit on that. That's Fine. not the way that RP, that's not the way that most RPGs work. That's how experience work. systems work. No, here's, you spec no, out here's a bunch of, and on top of that, also, I'm using like, gold instead of XP. That is, the that's gun it, stats are, are, are almost worthless. What do you mean? I'm saying like I got to a point in the story where um, I thought that I was going to lose a bunch of my money after this next story mission. So I was like, you know what? I just happened to have like $4,000 in my wallet because I was, you know, doing some work. And I was like, I got to go spend a bunch of this. Okay. So I bought a couple horses, uh, which by the way, like the range of horses is surprisingly small stat wise. Actual, like, diversity-wise for the types of horses and the coats that they have is fantastic. Beautiful horses. Um, but there's only so many. Like, the range of which you get the stats of horses is relatively small. Mm-hmm. Like, the most maxed out horse versus, like, the least maxed out is... Like, the valley is pretty low. Um, that's just the experience that I've had in the game that's so okay. far. No, no, I'm having a ball here, by the way. Um, I hope that... And the, the guns that I have found is not only is the inventory of guns surprisingly small mm-hmm. for how massive this world is and how detailed it is and how they could have done so many weapons. Destiny. No, I mean, but like, listen, like if you're going to have like your main weapon in the game be guns and all of your combat encounters are going to yeah. be around guns, maybe you should put some more guns in the game. There's a big secret about guns I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble with here particularly for a game that's trying to lean toward the illusion of realism and again it's an illusion i like guns i shoot guns i own guns and a lot of gun owners are about to become very angry there's not all that much difference between guns yeah. Some guns are better balanced than others. Right. Some are more reliable than others. Which is why and fantasy everybody gun has games favorite. are better. Just, okay. Just and everybody has a th- But ultimately, it just shoots a projectile at a certain speed, generally enough to kill somebody. Correct. But this is one comes back to one of my pain points in the game, and their focus on a dedication to realism, when like they could have incorporated just enough fantasy yeah. to be like, hey, this is still a video game. Uh-huh. We're not trying to make a walking cowboy simulator. But which I, is, don't, I think that's what they were trying to make. No, but that's what they made. Actually, right? they're trying to make a Western. Uh, that's I, They were trying to make a game that had you more concerned with choices like, do I want to go up the waterfall than what gun am I using? And right. that's that's that, I think that's more fair to what well, they're actually trying to Well, and that's why, I mean... Our mutual colleague, Greg Miller, I think kept going back to Assassin's Creed in your guys' conversation, is that I think what Ubisoft did with Assassin's Creed Odyssey is said, hey, our team and our franchise has clearly been devoted to historical accuracy throughout the history of this game. So much so that we made an educational mode dedicated purely to real-life history of these locations. Yep. And so we're going to show you authentic gear that you know, people in this era would have worn. We're going to show you authentic weapons yep. that are historically accurate down Auth- to like the stylings. Authentic cliff kicking. Right, exactly. This is what a Spartan would have done back in the day. But we're also recognizing that this is a video game and you like feeling the fantasy. So while you can wear completely historically accurate like 
gear from ancient Greece. Yeah. We're also going to give you like this really insane outfit and you can ride, you know, a unicorn if you want to. And if I wanted to play God of War, I would, but I don't think that's what they were going for. My point, my, no, my point is though, they don't need to go that far, right? No. They, this is clearly not what Red Dead Redemption 2 is about. So yeah. before you get your panties in a bunch out there, <laughs> calm down. This is a I'm, fun argument. I'm not saying that, you know, that's what Rockstar should have done with Red Dead. What I'm saying is there's a happy medium between that, yeah. right? Between offering purely fantastical things that never would have existed in the Wild West and saying, hey, let's not get too far up our own ass about how realistic the game needs to be. And remember, it's a video game at the end of the day. I guess my frustration with this argument has been, well, two things. First, I want to go back a few minutes to make sure I don't miss something. You're talking about there not being a lot of difference. I would challenge you. Okay. And I'll do this too. Sure. Because I, I want to find out if I'm wrong or right. Because we've been playing about the same amount of time, it actually mm-hmm. sounds like. But I've spent a lot of time with component gathering and crafting and things like that. All worthless. Don't waste your time. Um, go back. <laughs> and we can't we can't lower our stats uh, unless there's a cheat to do it that I know about. Don't yeah. know about. Go back. Limit your ammunition. Cut back to scan, standard ammo. Switch back to your regular revolver. Okay. Um, don't use any of the health tonics. Don't use the gear that you found. Okay. Don't use your stirrups. Take your stirrups off the horse. Buy a nag. Buy the $15 horse. Okay. In the starting stable. And play the missions you're playing right now, the high level ones, and see if being less powerful is making a difference or not. Sure. Because I think that would, and I'm going to do the same thing. Because I want to see. Because to me, well, I feel like... Well, like, obviously, we don't need to do this hypothetical exercise, Jared. We know that it's going to have a difference. The reason why I'm kind of doubling down on my argument that this isn't an RPG is because while those elements may exist in this game, they aren't meaningful to the progression of the game. Right? Like, I don't make those choices meaningfully. I do them because I was in the stable and I'm like, I've got all this money and nothing to spend it on. I guess I'll buy new stirrups. Well, I, I just keep running into conversations where people can tell me about how, what a hard time they're having in battles or something. And then I'm like, are you making this? Are you making this? Like, no, I'm not. Well, I am. And I'm not having trouble with the fights. Right. And that leads me to believe that that maybe there's not like or maybe there's, a, right. there's not a, a system yeah. in the game that communicates to you what you're supposed to do and like and like that's a frustrating thing it's like they want it to be immersive they want it to be yeah. um super kind of what's the word i'm looking for it's almost like they're stroking their their own ego with how how beautiful this game is like we're such a great western you're never going to notice that you're playing a game mm-hmm. and that's frustrating to me because i'm like listen when you're when you're introducing a set of mechanics to players for the first time, you have to have some kind of instruction. Mm-hmm. You can't just like throw it on people and not know. Case in point, because it had been so long, and this is probably something I would never normally admit publicly, and you can go ahead and, and hate me in the comments for it. I didn't know how the Dead Eye system worked when mm-hmm. I started playing this game. Did not remember it from the original Red Dead. Yeah. Uh, didn't play it enough, and then the game never explained it to me. Oh, you did, the tutorial stuff didn't get it across? I don't know if I just was like drinking too much wine uh, when I was playing the night the tutorial went through well, it is or a what game. happened. But like I was playing and my, my husband was watching me and he's like, why aren't you, why aren't you like painting the people with the, with the X's in the dead eye system? And I go, what are you talking about? It is a game and he's you have like, a lot do of, not, pay a lot of attention to. In those yeah. He's like, stages. do you not know how to use the dead eye system? And I was like. I go, I just haven't been using it. And he's like, oh my gosh, let me show you how to do it. And then once he showed it to me, I was like, oh. And like, am I blaming Rockstar for me not knowing how to do it? No. My point is, is like, I shouldn't have to 
like be solely dependent on one gameplay system in order to be able to be successful in the game. Oh, wait, are you sure you think that? I mean, Deadeye, you were talking about the importance of combat. I mean, yeah. are you sure you shouldn't have to be good at one core combat system to be good at combat? Okay, Jared, you might be right. Okay, just sort of that. But no, no, now, that's fair. Okay, you, you you're called gonna, me on it, and that's fair. But I'm going to come back and with my admission. And I'm willing to admit you're, you're right. They call me on that. That's kind of bullshit. I've just spent 20 minutes defending the shooting. but I You shouldn't defend it because the shooting's bad. I need to be honest uh, with the other end of it. So I think my argument has been that it's been adequate to the purposes of the game. And adequate. And I've been fine with that. But yeah, it's, a, it's not the ideal way I'd want to play, but I also wouldn't want to play this game as a shooter. I want to be clear, whatever they came up with, I don't want a slick shooter because... Oh, agree. Just like when you're playing a game like Elder Scrolls, you don't want a hack and slash game, right? Yeah. Or you don't want, you know, like a spell casting game. You want an exploration game that has those elements built in. All right, I don't want combat to feel like COD in this. Right, and I think my, my, the reason why I bring that up and the reason I'm kind of like perturbed about it is because Rockstar has more money than probably any other video game developer out there. I'm not talking about publishers. I'm talking about like a single studio. They have made $6 billion from Grand Theft Auto. $6 billion. You know what that means to me? The world is our oyster. We can develop any kind of gameplay systems we want. We could build our own engine well, if we I, want. I we think could do this. Did. We could do this. We could do this. I think that they did not go as far as they could have or should have. And I say that because I love this game and I want it to be the best it can be. <laughs> this is funny because like I got on I got it's no on No satisfying a, you. No, but here's the thing. When you care about people and they are fucking up, you go to them and say, "I'm going to get on your case about this because I want you to be the best you you can be." Mm-hmm. If you didn't care about that person, you'd be like, "Whatever, not my problem." I, right? And I the, the reason could, I'm passionate about this yeah. is for the same reason I was passionate about talking about how bad Telltale was doing with their game engine and how I had to walk away from their games because yeah. despite how great their narratives are, I just couldn't deal with the gameplay. And the reason I kind of got onto the same thing is because I loved what they were doing and I wanted it to be better. And I clearly have talked to you about all the things I love about this game. Right. I'm still playing this game. I've played more of this game than I ever thought I would. And don't think that there isn't the siren call of Destiny in Assassin's Creed <laughs> constantly lurking in my cross-media bar on my PlayStation. So, so you're making this wonderful point. And yet, again, dichotomously, as you say, I wish there was this. I wish there was. Yet you're rating it among their greatest games ever. Yes. In the top three. And maybe top one if the. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. Because I think we should be, I think we should be able to think critically about the things that we think are great, I think and fair. that's been my frustration. Because last year, when Breath of the Wild was dominating Game of the Year conversations, people didn't talk about some of the glaring problems with that game, despite the fact that it was completely amazing in the terms of game development. Do I do I have to say get off my plane again? No. No, uh, but I like, will not listen, hear the guy. No, there's a lot the, to This is the problem with fanboyism in games media these days is that there's I Greg and I talked about how he and I had some similar opinions. He's like we're going to get crucified if we talk shit about Red Dead because everyone's going to love it. And I go the, there's a problem with games media having stars in their eyes for certain developers, certain teams and certain franchises. That is a real thing. And so it makes it tough to talk about to say like to universally blanket statement this game as being a perfect game in every way. Oh, I don't. I yeah. think is un- I, do you I think hear is people unfair. Doing that? Yes. Really? Yes. 
Of course. Where are you hearing that? Everywhere. Have you been on the internet? Have well, you I been mean, in your own comment section? Well, I, yes, I've been in my comment section. But I mean, that's that's I I don't think that. First off, I'm a fan. I'm nothing yeah. special. Okay, I'm a guy that I mean, plays games you have a for show a living. Called Red Dead Radio. Yeah, I, I, I'm a, uh, obviously a fan mm-hmm. and have adored this game. It, yeah. it is. Um, I haven't begun to comment on this yet, but I, I think that this is my favorite Rockstar game. Yeah. Um, but I look at this and go, if my if people playing it feel like it's just perfect, they can read our articles where we sit and criticize it. But I don't I don't hear people at the entertainment people with with big megaphones that are given to them by access to big websites and big YouTube channels mm-hmm. saying this is perfect. I haven't actually heard that. Have you I mean, I know you've read a bunch of reviews. I just sure. like I've also read a bunch of reviews and those reviews only speak glowingly about this game. And what's crazy about what I'm saying to you now is that I just had a discussion with our friend Greg on Games Daily today about how my focus in my career has always been positive, upbeat coverage. Yeah. I love talking about things that I love. I love promoting things that I love. So much so that I've been branded a corporate apologist and a shill by oh, I remember that. many a YouTube commenter because clearly she was paid to say that because she can't possibly love that thing, which is whatever. It's yeah, I've been around for that. Yes. Um, and so what's interesting about it is like the moment I take time yeah. to speak critically about something because if I'm speaking critically about it at all it's either because they did something incredibly egregious and I have to denounce it or it's something that I love that I wish would be just a little no, bit better co- contrast and flaws are the key to perceiving beauty right. um, I, I'm going to get all weird and passionate for a minute here my educational background collegial bachelor's and master's is biblical studies my former vocation is pastoring uh, I hold uh, scripture in high regard. I, I think that there's very unique, extraordinary things to be found there. But most of what I did in college was what's called biblical criticism. My job was to look at it from every contextual, historical, lingual, at all, etc. angle, cross it with other texts from there's a book in my living room right now Pritchard's ancient Near Eastern studies related to the Old Testament and I can sit with a psalm from that and I can lay it down next to a psalm from the Bible and pretty much it's just the names of the gods are switched out between some other Near Eastern God and this one and it's very obvious somebody read somebody else right and people don't want to hear that but it's totally there you can love something and see its beauty its depth and its meaning and you can largely do that through criticism. It is the responsibility of the critic to illuminate the things they enjoy alongside the things that deserve reconsideration. You're not doing anyone to disservice here, Andrea. And I don't think you should feel like people are, are going to hold you that against you. Some will, but some people just want to hold things against people. That's true. And you, you're good at what you do. Thank you. Know? you. I appreciate don't that. Don't worry about that. Besides, it's, again, you're on Red Dead. I wouldn't... Uh, had you on here if I didn't think it had something worth saying. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know? Um, I mean, and like, I, I want the takeaway here to be that clearly this is a landmark achievement in game making. And it is, I agree with my colleagues in the games media business that this is a game to not be missed. That if you find yourself as a lover of games, particularly of 3D open world action adventure games, this is certainly something you should spend at least a little bit of time on playing. Um, but again, I just there's just some pain points that I, I would love to see 
go away. I'm glad that you addressed them. So what does it take to bring this over the top for you? Do you or do you think? I mean, you mentioned GTA 3. You mentioned GTA 5. GTA 5, another game you didn't particularly want to play. This one you're actually really enjoying. Right. Uh, with with Red Dead 2, what would it take to bring it over the top and make it the greatest Rockstar game? Um, if they can just let me win real world money in Red Dead Poker, <laughs> game of the year. But what, what do you want to see online? <laughs> What do you want to see on online? Um, I would love to see them add a universal fast travel system. Even if they make you wait to unlock it until you finish the main story campaign, I would be okay with that because clearly people have said there's more to do post-campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they said, hey, we're going to let you fast travel from anywhere because in the previous Red Dead, you could set up camp and fast travel from your camp to anywhere that you've already unlocked. Even if they just brought that back. Where you make camp in the wilderness, and then you can fast travel from your camp to base camp or to another city where you've already been, that would be a huge quality of life improvement. It seems like something that wouldn't be that difficult to add Uh in a a system that they've already kind of built before, right? So that would be something I would love. Fixing the shooting and the combat seems like something that's never going to happen, like being able to overhaul that. So I can kind of let that go. I would like it, though, if they gave me a wider selection of weapons to choose from. Mm-hmm. Even if that meant different kinds of machetes that I could buy in the store. I'm or, betting you know, in the online game. There will be tons of it. Red Dead. Once Red Dead Online comes, I'm sure all of the customization dreams that I have will come the to reality. The fireworks launcher gives me hope. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because that's the backbone on which a yeah. lot of online games are built, is, right. is that kind of stuff. I is, mean, you always want to have something to go for. More stuff to buy. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I didn't talk about one of the things that I love about this game. Was What's the, that? The, the wardrobe system. Oh, expound. Oh, so rarely do outfits in a game manifest during gameplay so realistically as they do in this game. Down to when I'm playing poker, I can see the custom cuff of the shirt that I picked out as I'm sliding my chips in and out. Like, those little details are what make this game so special. And I don't customize male characters very often because when given the choice, I always pick a female character because I prefer that. As do I, actually. Um, And I don't wear menswear. And so, like, the idea that I get to pick, like, suits and vests and different kinds of boots and this has been really kind of fun a fun change of pace for me and the way that the animation shows up not only in cutscenes, which you know several other developers have done a good job of representing your customization and cutscenes as well but just in the open world gameplay is something to be commended because it's so rarely done so well in fact i would argue I have not seen it done so expertly ever. Can you imagine what online is going to be like with clothes? I'm so Where ready. you're showing it all off. I'm you know? so... I will buy all of the pup they ties. so <laughs> good. Oh, they so, look so good. So good. Like the, the threading detail, the yeah. sheen on the different fabrics. Like, it's it's fantastic. How much have you spent on clothes? Almost all of my money has been yeah, on clothes. on clothes. I have bought one really fancy horse. Um, there, I'll probably buy more, but I've pretty much maxed out what I want at the gun shop. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of customizations with like leather wraps and stock and wood yeah. grains that you can get at the gun shop. But I'm just like, because you don't really see the gun that mm-hmm. much in combat. Cause I never play in first person, by the way. Okay. I always play in third person. Um, and maybe that would change my opinion of the guns if I played in first person. I play in first sometimes in combat. I'll switch over. Yeah. Uh, not always, but often. Um, but I I prefer to spend my money on clothes. Yeah. Well, the clothes are incredible. <laughs> yeah. And, they, and they're not superfluous. I mean, yes, it is cosmetic, but it's 
in an online game, you buy cosmetics, you're playing your Dota, you want people yeah. to see how cool you look, you know, you want to see how cool you look, etc. But mm. you're sh- largely showing off. Playing a single-player game where you care so much about wardrobe and it has no statistical effect? Oh, why not? Just a little bit more. This seems like a good choice. Good life choices with Just Jared and Andrea. Finger. Just a single finger. That's right. To Arthur Morgan. To Arthur Morgan, indeed. Arthur Morgan. He's so hot. Mm-mm. Please tell me, how do I keep him fed? I feel like I have to eat constantly and he's still underweight. I I tend to I finally to get had other... to look up a Reddit thread and they're basically just like, eat. I just eat as much as possible. Yeah, just eat a lot. Go eat a lot. I yeah. just don't stop to think about eating. No? Do you camp much? No. Oh, okay. That's another thing. You were talking about the stores being closed. You know, you can go to the store and wait up, like hit the button and it just fast forwards to dawn. Yeah. And you can get in or you can camp and then ride into town then and the stagecoach will be open. But in camp is where the crafting takes place. And since I like to craft, I spend a lot of yeah. time there. Because I like cooking, because I pick up a bunch of herbs. Yeah. So I like cooking with herbs, but you have to be at the grill, and the grill's at camp. Yeah. So, well, no, you can camp though. You can cook in your campsite, can't you? I haven't been able to you have cook. Recipes. I haven't been able to figure out how to cook Don't with you have a grill. Your recipes. I yeah. At your campsite. But every time I try to do it at a campsite, it uh, says this requires a grill. Oh, uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Okay. And so I've only been able to cook it at the. If I got campfire, a I can't because there's a grill. I can't. Camp. I can't remember anymore. Sorry, forgive me. I'm blanking. Maybe at some point there's a way for me to upgrade my portable camp so that my camp on the go has well, a grill. Well, I mean, you already get your coffee pot, so you can make your coffee. But for I had example, to buy that from right. a, from yeah. a shop. And there may be stuff like Maybe that. Maybe have to too. buy a grill somewhere. Man, can we buy a grill? Can we get Arthur a grill, like a mouth grill? Like a, uh, you know amazing. that's gonna happen. A R T H U R, just oh, right yeah. across us. For sure. Oh, and Morgan there. Like along original the gangster, it'll be like. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I really, really, really <laughs> hope so. How many letters is Vanderlind? That's uh, that's kind of amazing. Too many. So you placed it in your top three. Um, yes. But ultimately, where's this thing going to lie for you in the Rockstar Pantheon? I think that it has the potential to overtake GTA Five if Red Dead Online can provide amazing gameplay opportunities like GTA Online did because I just find the world of Red Dead Redemption 2 more engaging. That being said, there's certainly an argument to be made that the world of Grand Theft Auto 5 has more to do and thus has longer legs and thus will become more popular and reach more people because an urban environment just by its nature is designed to be busy. Valid point. Now I'm going to make my counterpoint. And I've made this on the show before. And I want you to critique it. Okay. My theory is that if I were a rock star and I looked at the massive success of GTA V, and I've been working on Red Dead for eight years, although at this point we're thinking that we've been working on it three years, 2013. You look at how Red Dead uh, has the potential to mimic what already happened in GTA V with the online. And I'm taking my new ideas for what else we can do with online in our meetings. And I'm like, well, we could put this in GTA Online. We could put this in GTA Online. And I go, wait. What of this do we want to save for Red Dead? And that gives me the idea that maybe the last two years worth the best ideas for GTA Online have just been saved for Red Dead and added to that online mode. So they're going to come out the mm-hmm. door and then over the next few months reveal things that they would otherwise have released in GTA that are completely unique that we haven't seen before. This I is, think they're building around it. This is, I mean, they certainly have been building around it. That's a good point. I do think that there is amazing potential if they do a Red Dead Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, can you imagine being in, like, 
a giant like map in this world with your horse like walking around like trying to kill other dudes yeah you could be like all be in like wagons and stuff. That's what I want. Yeah, no, I, I I think that would be a lot of fun because I do enjoy derivative modes. I, you know what? There's a reason they used to call first person shooters Doom clones. The entire FPS genre is just a is just a another kind of battle royale ripoff, and I'm fine yeah. with ripoffs as long as they're fun. Um, there have been that's existed as long as there have been video games. There were years that we just had maze games because Pac-Man was popular, you know. And but I'm fine with that. But they're going to have original ideas too, and that, yeah, that's what well, I'm looking they need to. Because the more I think about it, I'm like, do you think it's too slow? Too, no. The pace is too slow. Imagine trying to loot a body because loot in battle royale is so important. I think that this game, and I, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, will have as much in common gameplay-wise with something like Clash of Clans or Game of War or huh. maybe more Civilization okay. than it does. It's going to lean into the sim. Well, it's going to be about gonna come back to. heists. It's going to lean into my homestead. It's going to lean into my camp. It's going to lean into my gang. It's going to lean into the people that are working mm. as my NPC laborers or the people who are my NPC guards, maybe. It's going to work into like, hey, take, all, take that ledger from your camp and add 40 pages where the stuff that you and your friends can all cooperatively chip into right. and build. And suddenly you're effectively building Fort Andrea uh, and that that's your kind of hub. A little bit of rust, a little bit of Minecraft, a little bit of, and then some original ideas. I think this is too ambitious. I don't, I don't think this is ever going to happen. I absolutely think that this, so Rockstar cares about story. They care about giving us a good single player experience because they understand the value of that. But I think when it comes to the financials, they expect to make the bulk of their money on this game on Red Dead Online. Of course. And that yeah. means they're going to invest a lot well, into making it. Well, it turns out there. they've got a lot of money hanging around. Yeah, this, I just, it all works. It's all sitting there. The framework's just sitting there, ready to be plugged in. Plus, Undead Nightmare will be an online mode. Oh, okay. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was talking about it with Steimer and Brittany as something that. I am all about it. I'm ready for Red Dead Redemption 2 Nightmare. Yeah. Whatever they call that. Like, bring it. I'm yeah. ready. Yeah, Ghost Riders in the Sky. You want that? Yeah. Yeah, Vampire Diaries meets Cowboys? I just want... Well, we'll talk a little bit more off camera about something I want to talk to you about. But there is something to be said for that because it then allows them to venture into that more suspension of disbelief and go more into fantasy. Yeah. And that's what I want. I want them to lean in a little bit, lean back just a little bit from like the look at how real everything looks and go, yeah, it looks super real, but we're going to throw some like bullshit in there just for fun. They know better than about that than we do. Yeah. They know that better. They, there's no universe where online stays grounded. Yeah. They, they introduced, again, I wasn't kidding about Hot Wheels cars in the sky to GTA 5. They would literally like build Hot Wheels stunt tracks in the sky and race them with your friends. That's a part of GTA 5 now. Right. You know, they abandoned all. All what would that look like in Red Dead, though? That would look like winged horses of the apocalypse and thundering ghost herds and the heavens and werewolves and vampires. Yes. And yeah. Basically, you're talking about Darksiders 3. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, Darksiders or again, the, the old tabletop RPG, Deadlands, which is 1876, but with magic and werewolves. Yeah, that's what we're getting. I, I'd be shocked if they don't lean into that. And again, I what do I know? But that's my guess. 
Yeah, I'd play that. That sounds fun. So and just sounds and I think they wait. I think they wait to Halloween twenty nineteen or maybe even Halloween twenty twenty to, to launch it. Oh, for sure. Uh, and and we don't see it for a long time, but I think it's coming. So, and then we'll get our copies out, and then we'll buy, <laughs> and they'll release it in 2020, and then we'll get our next gen copies of Red Dead Redemption. Oh yeah, uh, no, on PS5 and Xbox Scarlet or whatever's we'll coming. Run next. out and buy that. Yeah, how is it not Xbox Next? Like even for the code name, it's gonna all? have a weird name. Remember when we were all talking about Xbox 720? Like that was actually gonna be the thing, and then it wasn't. And somehow they went with something even stupider. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Xbox One X is the worst name for a thing that has ever happened. Happened. They did this to themselves with the 360. They did. I understand that, but I might I, I, I might be misquoting this, but I, I believe I've got it correct. It was a tweet by Brandon Tyrell the day the Xbox One X came out, and he said, "Let us watch us unbox the Xbox One X at the Xbox One X unboxing." And I was like, "That's art right there." Well done, oh, Brandon. Tyrell. That's one thing to call it. <laughs> that's art right there. Well done, Brandon. Well done indeed. All right, so I think we talked for a while about that. I'm going to speak very briefly on my opinion. Um, so obviously I'm the least biased human being in the world about this. I run a show about Red sure. Dead Redemption. This is episode 30 of it. <laughs> you gave your top three. Uh, right now my top three, in no particular order, uh, Rockstar Games would be GTA Chinatown Wars. For the DS. Interesting. Which I think is a masterpiece. Like a, just the unsung masterpiece of game design. Somebody took everything that was great about GTA games and made it work on a tiny cartridge and a little underpowered system and made it so fun. Plus it had that wonderful drug wars. Did you ever play it? No. It's got this whole drug trade mini game that's that's actually kind of a cornerstone of the game, it turns out. It's all about buy low, sell high all over the city. It's as addictive as everything else going on. And there's always a drug dealer nearby. Mm. And so it's always like, ooh, I can make a little money this time. And so it's it, like life. It is like life with a drug dealer <laughs> everywhere you go. Anyway, Chinatown Wars is spectacular. It's my favorite GTA. Uh, I understand five is an incredible technical achievement innovative in the three-player three-character storytelling that switches off that's incredible the online mode spectacular but i also think chinatown wars is a ridiculous technical achievement because they made it run on a taco you know i, I mean it's it's running on a dorito chip and smooth as glass mm, doritos you know doritos are so good um beyond that uh red dead redemption my favorite rockstar game um I played it again recently. It holds up in a lot of ways. But two right now, and I'm not done with it, is has made a real impression. And I think that there's a very good chance it'll end up being my favorite. Um, you got anything you want to throw at me there or, or ask? Or? Well, I mean, as far as favorites and best, I think we're talking about different lists. Mm. My favorite Rockstar game of all time is Max Payne 3. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and so you're would, talking critically about best then? Correct. I wouldn't put Max Payne three in the top three Rockstar games of all time, but it was my personal favorite. But um, those are good. Those are good picks. Yeah, Chinatown. So Wars you're saying for, Red Dead Redemption two doesn't top any of them? Oh no, I'm not saying that at all. I think Red Dead two would be like my, my. That's the third one in the trifecta, right oh, there. Okay. Oh, Red Dead one, Chinatown Wars. Maybe I thought you were talking and about Red Dead two. Okay. No, as much as I love GTA five, it doesn't crack that top three. Really? Yeah, I and and even though GTA Five is such a stunning technical achievement, I really do regard Chinatown Wars as a 
remarkable feat of game design. Like, it shouldn't be possible to put a GTA game on a DS. I think that's important because so many times when we talk about these lists and definitives, we forget about the technical achievement of old. Like, we forget about games like GoldenEye on the 64 and how, like, that made headshots and FPS games a thing. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, holy crap. What? 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 No, you look at it now and it seems quaint. Yeah. But... When Somebody did that, that once for the first time. Yeah, I mean, there were GTA games on the Game Boy, but they, they weren't particularly good. Yeah. But the thing about like Chinatown Wars is it's redonkulously good. Like, And, and they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to think about the hardware. We're not going to try to... It, it was an adaptation. They're like, hiding doesn't work on a top-down perspective. Yeah. So we'll come up with an entirely new and really fun mechanic for getting rid of wanted stars. Not about hiding, but about wrecking police cars. And that you can totally do on this handheld. We know that getting around and seeing things will be different, so we'll change the perspective. We know that you can't render like this, so we'll come up with a combat mechanic that works for this system and is fun. And we'll add this cool drug trading thing because you're always going back and forth anyway more than you would in North. It's a really brilliant game. Uh, Anyway, Red Dead 2, I haven't finished it yet. Don't want to speak too preliminarily, but for me, it's the story. It's the writing. This game is... What is it with this year and well-written video games, Andrea? Like God of War, mind-blowingly well-written. Red Dead Redemption 2, shockingly well-written. I Rockstar, I feel like they kind of... They've always been very self-aware, but this is the first game of theirs that I felt like they're really just trying to be grown up from beginning to end. What do you think about that? Trying to be grown up from the beginning to the end? They always it felt like to me before ended up even in the games that were separate there was always that kind of biting rockstar satire that just couldn't help but or or parody they couldn't help but leak in red dead had less of it but in yes. this one they're just they've just leaned in like no man this is this is this story i feel like there's no satire in this game this is a game that obviously has some funny moments and some levity but this is not gta gta yeah. is full of satire yeah. right despite a comment I made on a previous episode of Games Daily where I was like, I didn't see the satire upon deeper review. I was like, oh, here it is, here it is, here it is. Um, This is not a game about that. This is a game about very mature, heavy, deep themes. Uh, Some of the stuff we talked about at the very beginning of the episode in relationship to to race and gender, um, but, but also just about the human condition about what's right and what's wrong. What is a moral compass and what does that look like? You know, yeah. how do we treat the people that we care about and what we love? You know, who gets to determine what's right and what's wrong, right? These are deep, heavy, yeah. human condition things that this game tries to tackle. And and when it does when it does range into the satirical, it's not parodic. It's not comedic. It's, it's oh, we're going to satire racism or we're going to satire... Right. A, again, you know, we talked about the clan encounter and some of the things that happened there. there I don't is, know if I'd call that satire as far as... A, just overt comedy. Okay. Right? But, well, like, I, think it's, I thought it was pretty clear that you're supposed to hate everyone and everything. That, is, like, the reason why it's funny is because the clan is fucking terrible. Well, I mean, the <laughs> only reason I didn't start shooting immediately when I saw them was I thought, I wonder if something's going to happen here. Yeah. And then it did. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's. All right. I think we've talked that one to death. We have some letters to read. We've gone so long that instead I think we're going to hop to the last part here. We have not forgotten your letters at mail at reddeadradio.com. Don't worry. We're working on another episode very, very soon. They will go in there. You are not forgotten, friends. I don't know. Should I read? Should I read? How much time we got here? I mean, you're the boss. This well, is your yeah, show. Yeah, but you're the guest and you're the one that has to go home eventually. We've been so here a long time. So let's pick one good one. All right. There we go. 
Gonna read one here. Uh, let's see. Gonna talk vamp here for a second, Andrea, while I look at these. Well, um, I apologize if I was looking down at my phone. My lovely sister was just trying to FaceTime me, and I had to be like, oh, sorry. I'm sh in the middle of a shoot right now. Um, but she just started playing Red Dead, and she has not traditionally liked these types of games before. And I haven't checked in with her yet to get her uh, her thoughts Ooh, on it. Does she have thoughts she wants to share with us right now? I mean, maybe. Do you want to call her and Probably see? not on... Not on here. Not okay. on on. on I wonder the if we're going to do that, Greg Miller, where we call in and just uh, ask her thoughts. <laughs> on, I'm totally willing to give her a call right now. You should. We could probably call some other people, but uh, this no. time of day, they probably won't answer. It's like quitting time for everybody. Hi, Jared. Oh wait, before you could read that, one last thing. Yeah. I live to take baths in Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh, you take a lot of baths. I wish I could just take baths all the time. Is it because you enjoy... Okay, so... No, wait a minute. You were Not because about, of the lady that comes in and scrubs you. Because well, I just... She doesn't have to come in. Because I just enjoy bubble baths and the idea that he's there with his little drink on the tray and he's just like relaxing in the bathtub. I was like, this is the best. I know all of you out there <laughs> want to imagine me naked, but I am a frequent bubble bather. <laughs> bubble baths are good for the soul. They are. They, they really are. are. Fantastic. Bubble bath buddies. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm a big fan of the bubble bath. Do you drink in your bubble baths? Uh, if there is space for me to set a wine glass down, yes. Okay, I'm a sober bubble bather. I always wait till I get out. Okay. Yeah, that's just me. I don't like to drink and be hot at the same time. Mm. And I like to use the hot water. I feel you. Yeah, so I'm just like, you know what? Cold sober here, then out and have a nice drink. When I'm nice okay. and relax. That's just me. But some people really like to drink in the bath. So I, want, I light a candle, though. Get a candle. Oh, you have to have the candle. Oh, yeah. It's all about how long you're planning to stay in. Absolutely. Maybe the cookies and cream candle, a little pumpkin spice candle, oh, good stuff. Oh, yes. I'm very basic. I like the pumpkin spice candle. Enjoy it. Hi, Jared. Love the podcast. Anyway, I'll get right into it. On the last couple podcasts, you and the Wild Wild guests talked about your luck in not losing a horse. Well, I didn't get that lucky. I was in West Elizabeth early in the game. I had a $300 bounty on my head, and I happened on a logging camp, and I started talking to the foreman, and all of a sudden, 10 or 15 bounty hunters came out of the woods shouting, there he is. Me interspersing here in the middle of that. I've been in that encounter. Bounty hunters did not come. I didn't know that could happen. Awesome. Because I left my dead-eye core run out, and because in Red Dead 2 you are not a god, I found there was no way I'd be able to beat these many men, especially seeing they got the jump on me. I tried to mount my horse, Honorevole. Honorevole? I don't know the Italian. Honorevole. Italian for honorable. And he was immediately shot and went down. He did not die quickly. He suffered greatly. I tried to revive him, but I was killed in the process. And from that point on, I made sure my horse was not nearby during any gunfight because I don't want to experience that intense loss again. Michael. I've also lost horses. Have you? How lost many? Lost two. Two. So the first one I lost when I was um, in a story mission, I think, on, on in a fight. Um, I had decided to keep that first shire that you get at the very beginning of the game where they're like, we're going to go sell this thing and we're going to buy you a proper horse. I'm like, but I'm going to keep him. So I stabled him instead of selling him back because you only get like 10 bucks for him anyway. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea of having this giant horse, even though the stats were really terrible. Um, we were just... That's out, awesome. Yeah. I love that. We were just out riding one, oh, uh, at one time and I was on this mission and something happened where I thought that I just got shot. It'd be like, 
again, like, I don't want to get into the weeds again about my problems with the combat, but, like, in certain instances, Arthur can soak a lot more damage than others. It feels yeah. like the there's an inconsistency with how much damage you can soak depending on what kind of combat encounter you're well, in. Well, it depends on where you're being hit on your body. And right. sometimes it's scripted. Like, there are times... That, and and well, also and depends like, on if you're not, fortified or not. But it's not clear, right? Yeah. Like, if, oh, they got you, like, in the abdomen or if they got you on the leg, right? Like yeah. It's not clear, like, what that is. And the health bar, the way it goes down, it's so teeny tiny in the corner it's down there. It's almost as if the different guns... Guns and ammunition cause different amounts of damage. It's almost as if the game doesn't communicate how much damage you're receiving. Anyway, We're not going to go back there, Jared. <laughs> my point is, out of nowhere, I lost my horse. Aww. Didn't realize it because I just died and I reloaded. And sometimes when you reload, your horse is there and you're fine. Right. This time I reloaded and I was like, wait, but where... But where's Aragorn? Because I named Aww. my horses after Lord of the Rings characters. That's great! Um... And so I was like, he's, he wasn't there. He died. I did was you start with Arathorn so you could have Aragorn, son of Arathorn? I did not. I oh. started with Gimli. He was Gimli. my first. Okay, so Gimli died how? Yeah. Uh, Gimli's still alive. This Gimli's in the stable. stable. So Aragorn died. Aragorn died, yeah. So who are you on now? Um, so now I have two. I have one called Bandito because I decided in a whim to start to, to, to abandon my Lord of the Rings names. Um, even though I'm still waiting for my perfect Legolas horse, okay. which is obviously has to be an all-white horse. Okay. Um, because of Legolas' amazing white elf hair. Oh, um, there's a good... Uh, uh, I think IGN Wiki says a thing right now about how to get an awesome white horse. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Um, and then I found a beautiful like chocolate chip horse oh. that I've named Stracciatella, which is the Italian word for chocolate chip ice cream. So you've completely abandoned. Yeah, I abandoned. But you and this guy both naming names. your <laughs> Italian words. So yes. So anyway, I'm with you that uh, horse loss is real. Always carry horse medicine and horse reviver on yeah. you. It's so cheap to buy, and you should be able to lift it from anybody that you loot. Uh, you should always have it on you. But that being said. Every time I've lost a horse, it's because I've been ambushed, and then I get sh- killed in like two or three shots, and then I have no chance to revive my horse because I'm dead. The, the most essential items for me in this game, one of them is you want to have the horse reviver, hair tonic, so you can have an awesome, you yes. know, awesome beard. Also, just uh, manually save every ten minutes, and you'll be fine. Yeah, and <laughs> you, you want the stirrups? I assume you have stirrups. I did upgrade my stirrups. You yes. got to upgrade your stirrups, and you got to have that. You got to have that elkhorn talisman. You got to, or not elkhorn? Pardon me, buckhorn talisman. So the talismans are weird in the sense that you have to go on specific hunting missions to get these things. And yeah. I just don't like hunting. Oh, okay. Well, that could be problematic then. If you don't oh, yeah. enjoy hunting, you're not... Because that's how you get them perfect skins. Well, I want the satchels because I love If storage. you want the satchels, you've I have to get go, multiple skins. And Jared, I just... I wouldn't be... Go get, go get the elk horn. It'll make problem, it so much better. Like, go hunt the elk. To, like bring the skins back is like... Ugh. You got to get the elk horn because that gets you the perfect skins. Okay. You okay, need that. Okay. Because you drop so many more perfect skins after you get that. Okay. I'll that go look for helpful. it. Yeah. Also, you get the small game arrows. You get the, you know, all that fun stuff there. I'm sorry. I'm just talking about hunting. I've spent a lot of time hunting. Yeah. There's a lot of things I would love to talk to you about that we shouldn't talk about on the show because they would be spoiler test. Yeah. We'll come back maybe. Oh, well, I'm so like, you can come back. You don't have anything else to do, right? You're not busy. You're going to do a spoiler show eventually. Yes, I'm going to do a spoiler At case. what point does Red Dead Radio become safe for spoilers? couple of weeks i think uh, yeah. i want to let people catch up completely um i'm going to be play it safe rather than sorry but a couple of weeks i think we start talking real spoilers okay we'll have a, and we're gonna have a dedicated and i want the spoiler cast if i can get enough people together to be a panel uh that's i'd like to record it before thanksgiving i think that's the the plan right now 
I'm almost there. I'm ready. Would you be willing to do it? I mean, that's a lot of time to commit. Well, let's connect offline. My people will talk to your people. Excellent. Scheduling. All right. So last bit of the show today. We wanted to bring you the Red Dead Redemption 2 drinking game, something we're still putting together. And I think this is going to become a segment for a while. So, Andrea, I'd like your contributions. And friends, you can go to mail at reddeadradio.com and let us know yours. But things that you, you know, obviously drink responsibly. Don't drink too much. Don't drink and drive at all, et cetera. But if you're at home and it's the evening, you're not going to be driving anywhere. You know, you're well monitored. You're of the proper age, et cetera. Maybe consider taking a shot Every time, say, Arthur smashes through a door and breaks something. That could be one. I like the way somebody online said that Arthur smashes through a door like he's just heard the McRib is back. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember who said that, but I, I love that. I mean, I don't like the McRib, but I appreciate that reference. I like that one a lot. For you, what do you think? What would be some moments that, that you think you ought to take a, take a swig at? Um, I think a good moment is when you try to loot something and it says you can't carry any more of that item because that happens to me constantly because you can only carry like a maximum of five or ten depending on the item. Or I think there's one of the cigarettes you can carry like 20. You can carry 20 cigarettes. Um, But I I don't bother to sell them because they're not worth very much and I already have like $4,000. So I'm like, what am I going to do with all this money anyway? Spoilers, nothing. Um, And so I, I just keep trying to loot because listen if there's something to loot if there's a drawer i can yeah, open if there's a body on the ground and the the loot prompt appears i'm gonna try to loot it i'm just playing this game wrong because i keep liquidating that stuff like i'm just like yeah, it doesn't mean it, you're playing it, it wrong it's just you're playing it different you're probably yeah. playing it a lot smarter than i am <laughs> i don't think it's smart it's not it is not a fundamentally difficult game that's one of the things i like about it is it's not hard yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, there are moments that are difficult, but not particularly. They want to make sure you can move on to the next bit. It, it's like a movie. Uh, I like that bit. Let's see. Uh, take, a, take a shot every time Dutch starts preaching. Um, every time Dutch goes on a rant, uh, take a shot. I think that would lead to a few. Back to you. What's another one? I think a good one is to take a shot every time you try to hit your horse and you can't. Okay, try to hit your horse? Just like hitch? Slow. No, hitch. Oh, hitch. hitch. Okay, every, oh, yeah. Don't hit your horse. I accidentally punched my horse last night, and I was so sad about it. He got really mad, and he winning, and he ran away. And then I went back, and we were friends again. Mongo but, is but pawn in Tragic Game. I yep. was so sad. I was like, it didn't mean to hit you, but I hit the wrong button on the yeah. controller, and then I punched him in the neck, and he did not like that. The very first time I played the demo, like I hit the I hit the fire button instead of the draw button and almost shot my horse to death. That was like I was like, and then I just looked at the rockstar people like I'm very bad at video games. <laughs> Every time you actually accidentally shoot someone, I think that would be up there for me too. Like, yeah, that's when you like hit the R two. Yeah, by I was just like, oh crap! I slipped and hit R two. Someone's dead now. Um, yep. That that's a good moment to drink. Every time Arthur says, "I don't know," like he says that a lot. Have you noticed that? I haven't. Or well. That's another one. You get a lot of whelps out of He does say well a lot. Yep. Well. Hmm. So every time he does that, what about for you? How about every time... I'm trying to think of what's something that's that's a little bit more clever. See, I'm not clever. That's my problem. Right? Yeah. I I wanted to reference something the NPCs do, but... I like every time your inventory is full. That's that's good. That one's, that one's kind of It's fantastic. just so annoying. I just like, I don't want to. 
every time the gunsmith tells you you're what maintaining your weapon well when you go oh. all the way down <laughs> i it's feel like, so good about it it's like it's like oh you're sure keeping that weapon now. oh a lot of people don't take care of it well listen sir i collect so much gun oil if i don't maintain my weapons then i can't pick up more gun oil <laughs> and i'm out in the world and i can't sell it and my encumbrance is real <laughs> like that a lot so it forces me to maintain my weapons to make space in my inventory every, every time i want to shoot micah i think that's that's definitely one for me he's the literal worst yeah he's he's simply awful i keep praying because i haven't gotten to this point in the story but i keep praying he gets his like joffrey does i really hope so i'm like i hope you have like a joffrey ending where you just get yours yep I like every time i squash a rabbit rabbit Pardon me, not rabbit, rabbit. You squash a lot of rabbits? I don't do it on purpose, but rabbits run under my horse a lot. You must have like a really like left-footed I've, horse. I have a fast I've horse. never stomped a rabbit. Yeah, I've stomped several rabbits. What? I, and I was talking to a friend that stomped enough rabbits that he got like the rabbit stomping achievement. Like there's a there's a some sort of threshold of you can get for crushing enough rabbits. But it's not stomping. It's just like rabbits die. Yeah. But he's like, they've all died under my feet. Like, I've just run over them riding on the trails. I think taking a shot every time you see a double rainbow. I've seen so many double rainbows I've in this never game. seen one. Are you what? kidding? I took a screenshot because I kept seeing them. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I've seen double rainbow a lot. Oh, I like that one a lot. It, it, that's kind of spectacular. Maybe take actually. a double shot every time you see double rainbow. Oh, double shot. There we go. So why don't you help us fill the card out here? I think it'd be fun. Like I, a we, bingo game, maybe. Yeah, oh, I love the idea of a live stream where we just sit and do this, like get a group of people together and, and make a bingo card. And go. This through. sounds fun. Yeah. There was a, I can't remember the book I found, but there used to be a book of like, it was like revival bingo. It was just things people say at church revivals and you, fill, you handed all your friends a card and whoever filled it out first had to stand up and go hallelujah in the middle of the church. We played it once. It was, we shouldn't have done that. It was bad. All right. You know what? That's Red Dead Radio. We talked a long time. Andrea Renee, you have sat here for like two. This is the longest episode of Red Dead Radio ever. Uh, sorry, not sorry. You know what? You're the best. <laughs> you run a long show. Um, we're both. I think I'm gone. You're you're just tipsy at the very least. I think you're pretty good, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, I drank a lot of whiskey. This is a ridiculous episode of Red Dead Radio. Thank you so much for watching and listening, friends. You can mail us at mail at reddeadradio.com, and we will read your messages. There's plenty more coming up this month. Also, lots of other things happening this month. Hey, I'm piloting a game show. I love quiz shows. I love game shows. Get ready for contestants. Are you ready? The show where having the right answer isn't always as important as having the best answer. Think of it as a little bit of this and a little bit of that. A little improv thrown into your favorite kind of quiz show. Lots of fun. Not just about video games, just about, well, everything. I hope you enjoy it. The pilot will be right before Thanksgiving. Also, the return of Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. Yay, My first. Oh, oh, you like? Yeah, you like? Yeah, listen, it's been gone for too long. Oh, will you be dressed on Pockets Full Soup, the storytelling Whenever show? Whenever you would like. Really? Yes. Oh, you're in trouble now because I will <laughs> need to make new episodes. Hey, look for a new episode of Hot Blip is Gonna Jump. Uh, that should be available for patrons on the 12th of November and for everybody around the 15th. Uh, so look forward to that. That's a sh little show I do as well. And Andrea, you have, I'm sure, a million things going on. What's up? Yeah, so please do check out What's Good Games. If you have not, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast service, whether it be an iOS or Android device. Um, or you can go to What's Good Games podcast or What's Good Games .com slash podcast to figure out all of the services that we're on. Um, or YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. As I mentioned earlier, Jared and I co-host at Kind of Funny Games Daily at KindofFunny.com and their Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Kind of 
kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Please follow me on Twitter. That's where you can find out everything I do. If you guys have been following me for a while, you know that I'm kind of a gun for hire and I work for a lot of different people. I just got to work with IGN Access at TwitchCon last week, which was awesome. Cool. Um, so to find all of those links at Andrea Renee with just one E at the end of it uh, on Twitter. And that's the easiest way to keep up with everything I've got going on. The busiest lady in the business, indeed. Why, thank you. And you'll look back in time and see both of us on uh, Kind of Funny's Extra Live Stream. If you go to Kind of Funny Games uh, at YouTube, you can see both of us there. I'm sure doing something in the Yes. I'm not really sure what. And the long stream archive will be available again on their Twitch channel. Yeah, pop in there. Friends, thank you for making this as much fun as it is. Have a lot of fun this week and happy trails.